Live from Next Gen Studios, this is The Sports Page. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to The Sports Page. I am Ashton Nix here with my co-host Chris Robb. And Chris, when uh, what's the ETA or countdown until you have to show up and report for was it spring training, uh, off season? Yep. What it? What do they call it? In the the FCF. Out of training camp, so um, I actually report three weeks from today. So um, you know, I've just been training, hitting it hard every you know every single day, uh, getting out, trying to get in the weight room or uh, on the field. I was on the on the field all weekend, so you know it's 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 really here. It's like it's up close and it's this time is flying, but I'm ready. Yeah, Chris, my co-host, obviously Chris Robb, if you listen to the show, is you're contractually signed. You have a contract for the yeah. fan-controlled football. Is it fan-controlled football league or just fan-controlled football? Uh, fan control. Yeah, but, um, people, you know, they call it the FCF, but, um, you know, it's the fan-controlled football league. Either one's fine. Yeah, waiting on your draft date as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, we have an episode a few weeks back. If you hadn't heard it, we we dig deep into the fan-controlled football league. Uh, go back and listen to it. Chris gives us a lot of great information on it, uh, and we look forward to. Hopefully, you can uh, still tune into every episode or be on every episode. Okay, if sure, not, yeah. I'll have to get a guest host. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll make that work when you're actually because y'all do it from one location in Georgia, correct? Yep. So um, it'll be. Um... I'm I'm not really sure like what time we practice or anything like that. You know, I'm going in blind, but uh, you know, once I get down there and get a, a schedule going, a, a routine going, you know, everything should be back to normal. So that's the great thing about podcasts; are these are recorded, so we can we can make it work. However, we can record in the middle of the yeah. night just to get all of our listeners the best and most up to date sports information. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, big weekend in sports. And real quick, if you, you know, uh, part of bringing information to y'all is not only on our podcast, but on social media, we always have news updates. So be sure to go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Page Radio. And this weekend was was a really good weekend in sports. We had the NBA All-Star Weekend, uh, which always gets mixed reviews, but, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of positives we can take out of it. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Jawan Howard is uh, feeling the heat right now. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that as well. Is is he punched another coach? If you want to call it punch, we'll get we'll you know we'll dissect that as well. Uh, uh-huh. Also, some news coming with the college football playoff. Is it expanding? Is it not? And we'll also go a tidbit into an NFL XFL partnership. Uh, but first, big story is uh, from this past weekend was NBA All Star Weekend. Did you watch? What did you watch? How much did you turn in, tune into? I saw on Twitter you you were uh, engaged in some of it. What did you watch? Yeah, uh, I watched pretty much everything. I except for the Friday events. I I watched a little bit of the Rising Stars. I didn't watch the Celebrity Game or anything like that. Um, watched all the events. Um, on Saturday and then uh, watch the game on Sunday. Um, you know, it was it was it was a good weekend. A lot of the events were kind of lackluster, but um, the game was really good. Um, you know, the three point contest was pretty pretty good as well. So, 
it, it it's a really opinionated thing. Um, yeah. I think overall it gets negative vibes every year. Uh, some people want them to change things up. Some people don't like it when they change things up. But by far, of all the major sports, we can agree that NBA has the best all-star yeah, weekend. Definitely. Yeah, uh, Blows the Pro Bowl out of the water. Uh, baseball, at least for the last few years, I, I don't know, maybe it's uh, when I was real into, you know, just after high school and the college, real into Major League Baseball, I could name you uh, the starting nine for every MLB team back then and now it's yeah it just seems it just seems different to me I don't know the Mm -hmm. you know my team the rain Texas Rangers aren't in it like they used to be right uh and then hockey hockey tries I know they have skills competitions but NBA is by far if if you were going to call one more entertaining it would be the NBA and uh, typically we always seem to be busy with family stuff or, or date night or whatever weekends we did go out. Uh, we had an early dinner out on Saturday just because it was impossible to get reservations, you know, mm-hmm. between six and nine. So we were back Saturday evening. I didn't really plan on watching it. Um, it was just if I get into it, I do whatever. I you know I try to keep up on what's going on. But I did, and I and I don't know how long the format's been this way for the Rising Stars Challenge. I think this is the first year they did it. Uh, the tournament style where you have a, a yeah. an NBA legend as the, I guess, the coach, owner, however it is. Yeah. And it's it's their team. They have four teams divided up and do like a little tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, first to, I believe it was 25, maybe 21. Yeah. But that's how it, they yeah, did it. I, I it thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I, no, I think, it's actually, I think it was actually 50, if I'm not mistaken. 50, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. No, that, that's but uh, it was, I love, I love the fact that they put a point total to you know like it's, it's like you know pickup games you know you go to 15 or 21 and you actually have to play hard instead of just you know they're going out there and, and it, it was still like kind of no defense being played because you know it's an all-star weekend but you know you saw a little competitive uh, competitiveness out of you know pretty much everybody especially that especially on friday yeah and i think that's a good way uh to really get to know some of the players uh, because you, they get to have fun, you you get to really see what worked. You know, I know a few years back when uh, Luca and Trey Young, I think it was their second year, mm-hmm. but at halftime, Luca threw that half court shot up, and everyone was just having fun with it. He made he made the half court buzzer beater, uh, and that's time with with these days and how media is working, especially in the sports arena. No pun intended. Where mm-hmm. you you have like Amazon Prime has has games on there and Peacock has game everything's trying to have exclusive exclusivity in all of these things and not everybody's just watching uh, ESPN or or name your sports network. There's all different areas to go. It's hard to follow sports to that extent right. without letting one network tell you everything. And I think this is a good way to you know obviously you're gonna know, you know top five rookies but this way you get you get enough players in there where uh maybe you get you know literally the coining the term of the event the rising stars challenge like there's already stars that are there the the rookies that are you know throwing up rookie of the year numbers already but then yeah. you have the the other stars that you're not where versed in until the end of their contract and they're free they might be a free agent then you're like okay let's go back look and you're like hey 
they did pretty good. This gives you an opportunity to kind of understand who those players are and get to know them before. And and, yeah. and, and breaking it up like that, there was more entry. It wasn't just a uh, – I think it started out as a rookie versus sophomore uh, game, and yeah. then it was world versus U.S., and now it's it's just random four different teams. It really breaks it down. I think they do a good, a good job with that. And then the skills competition was interesting, or at least some of the skills competition that I saw, where they did some teams, random players in there. It was in Cleveland, so they had the Cavaliers team. Then Giannis had a team. And and they do like a little obstacle course thing, which which they kind of normally do, but they'll do a team does it, and then that's that's the time to beat, and then they count down from that. And it, it was really interesting because you, you laugh there. I know you're probably thinking about uh, Giannis missing three layups. Yeah, uh, and then I think one of the teams couldn't even make one of the, it. May have been Giannis's team, but they completely missed off. And then you have the announcers yelling, "It doesn't matter if you make him; you could miss every shot, and it doesn't penalize you." So just start chunking him up there, and and it was really entertaining. I like that part. I can tell you, I've never been entertained by a skills competition. I've watched three point, the dunk contest, which we'll get into, and the all star contest are the ones that I know I've watched more on multiple occasions. But this is the first skills competition that I was actually entertained by. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I'm glad they kind of did the, the teams that way. Um, it's funny seeing, you know, the I call them the Giannis brothers. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was, you know, funny that they had a team. And then, um, you know, them being in Cleveland, having the, the Cavs team and the rookies. Um, it was just, I don't know, like the team shooting a lot of a lot of those players kind of struggling some of those aspects like all of the honor Kumpo brothers can't they can't really shoot for real so it was like you know they were struggling to make shots and then you know all the rookies could shoot and then only one person on the Cavs can really shoot but I mean it was it was all fun like I I you know I enjoyed it like you said I've never really been like just glued to the TV watching the skills challenge but um it was pretty fun it was cool and the dunk contest and three-point contests which are usually staples on Saturday night on all-star weekend yeah. Uh, a lot of complaints. Uh, three point contest wasn't bad. You had Carl uh, yeah, Anthony Towns win it. He was the six eleven. He's the the tallest player to win it since Dirk Nowitzki won it back yeah. in I don't have the year in front of me, but Dirk I had won. I think it was two thousand. Uh, no, I think it was after two thousand. I think it was two thousand seven or oh eight. I think it was after oh, after their finals run. After their finals, the first finals run. Uh, mm-hmm. After Dirk won MVP and all that, because Dirk was kind of on top of the world. Uh, yeah, you know, nationwide or league wide mm-hmm. in this point, uh, but the dunk contest. We have to talk about the dunk contest. What? Yeah, it's yeah. You have I don't know memories of Michael Jordan. <laughs> it, it's I I think the issue is they don't have the stars do in the dunk contest. I think LeBron yeah. should be in the dunk contest every year. Uh, uh, Kevin Durant should be in the. You have. I think there were better dunks in the all-star game than there were in the dunk contest. Yeah. And, um, and I think it, like you said, like there, there are no stars. I can't remember the last star. Like, Dwight you know, Howard maybe doing the Dwight, Superman dunk. Blake Griffin doing, you know, dunking over but the car. But those aren't really like stars. Like back, you know, like back then, it, you know, Michael Jordan was the best player in the league. You know, he was going against Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. Um, Kobe was in it uh, early in his career. With Vince, uh, Carter. Vince Carter. Yeah, you know, so it's like um, it lacks that. It lacks, 
I don't know, like these are people you don't really know. You know, they're they're solid players on their team, but they're not stars. They're not, um, you know, like if John Morant would have participated, I would, you know, that would have been exciting to me. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I can't remember uh, the who it was, but they did an alley oop dunk. It was kind of reverse. he threw it up, and the guy grabbed. I think he had overthrown him, and he had grabbed it and did a reverse dunk. I'm like, mm-hmm. none of that, you know, you you can that was look by accident. You can stage that in a dunk contest, and I, I don't have the stat written down, but I believe it was every you know, they took every attempt in the dunk contest and they every attempt and uh, and yeah. make yeah. and they had only made twenty seven percent. Yeah. If you if you took bad. if you took the three point contest and said they made twenty seven percent of their threes, that would be kind of bad. Yeah, you, it was you, bad. It's a yeah. dunk contest, and I get you're doing all these acrobatic things, and uh, and you're not gonna make them all every time, but but still, I mean, I did. I don't think they attempted crazy enough dunks. First of all, where we can give them a pass for only making twenty seven percent. Mm-hmm. of the dunks it it was just bad all around and and i don't know that having lebron in there would have made a difference uh i think i honestly i think having these lower level player i say lower lower level all-stars in there i think they have more time to practice for that because I, I don't think lebron's gonna you know give he might have some people write up some dunks for him and he go and attempt mm-hmm. a few but i i still think it would be more entertaining um and heck lebron does a lot of dunks in game that were more impressive than some of the ones we saw Saturday night. Yeah. And it was, um, I think it was Jalen green. He had missed a dunk, like probably 12 times. And I'm like, man, just like, you know, it, it was, it was, it was actually, boy, I stopped watching for, you know, a little while. And I was just like, man, that's, that's just ridiculous. Like how many times, how many chances are you going to give them? You know, it was 12, it was like 12 missed dunks in a row. And then he just kept trying to do it. And uh, one of the commentators said, he, he was like, yeah, your first dunk, you shouldn't rely on somebody to throw like, you know, the oop. You should just have it in your hands and, you know, do your own dunk just to get something down. But yeah, 12 no, there they used to have a limit. I remember, I don't know when it was, but I remember watching and you would get, I want to say three attempts, but I don't know. They would try what their dunk a- was. And if they missed it the mm-hmm. first, how many ever times they had one chance left. They had a backup yeah. dunk they would go to just to get a decent yeah. score. Yeah. And they um and it was three this year, like they had three chances to, to make a dunk or else, you know. But what he was doing is the ball wasn't getting to the rim, like, you know, it would just fly out of his hands. So Oh, it wouldn't yeah. count as an attempt, I get you. So but, you know, it didn't get to the rim, but I feel like that has to be an attempt because twelve times or however many times it was, you know, you have yeah, people leave. I don't care what dunk he's going to, he's going to complete. It could be the best dunk of all time. After the 12, 12 attempts, it kind of loses its lackluster. Yeah. Like, like I understand. And then, yeah, I, no, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, now going to the actual all-star game, uh, team LeBron over team Durant, team LeBron won 163, 160. Uh, the format of this, like I said, I, I don't remember, I know they've. This is the fifth year they've done the team LeBron against team. I think sometimes it's team Giannis, team Durant, where yeah. they do the draft, uh, the draft format, and 
side note, LeBron James is five and zero since they started doing this in the All Star game. If if that means anything to you, I don't, I don't yeah. know. It's an All Star game, but it it was interesting. So they they kept scores for each quarter, and then mm-hmm. they uh, the winning team had how much ever money go to the charity of their choice. Uh, but they kept an overall score. And when you got in the fourth quarter, the first three quarters were timed. And in the fourth quarter, it was just, I guess they picked how many, 30, 40, whatever points it was, and said, okay, the the winning score is 163. Whoever gets to 163 wins it all. Um, and LeBron did, LeBron, and it was, LeBron ended up getting the winning shot, uh, rightfully so, I guess, in Cleveland, kind of a homecoming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was really close. It was a really good game because you had your your normal like let's not play defense. It's j- just entertain the crowd. But then as it was getting closer, to that one sixty three score, and for the most part, it stayed close the whole game. Uh, but you saw players uh, really giving more effort, and, and they really wanted to win this game. And I thought I thought it was funny that uh, Giannis actually played really good defense. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, he you could tell he didn't want to lose. He was out there. Uh, he was doing it all. You know that. I mean, but that's how he plays, though. Um, you know, he's always, uh, you know, one hundred percent. But um, it was it was exciting. I I love, like I said, you know, before I love when they go to a score. Um, there's a goal, and they're trying to, you know, reach that goal or hit that, you know, hit that point total. And um, you know, it was. I thought I thought it was pretty entertaining. Um, it was clo- it was way closer than I thought because you know Team LeBron had literally everyone on their team, and um, you know you know the other team has All Stars as well. But you know Team LeBron has Steph, Giannis, uh, Luca, LeBron himself. So, uh, but it was you know I I thoroughly enjoyed the game. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and Steph Curry, who ended up winning the MVP, uh, yeah. set goals for himself. Uh, where he'd give a certain amount to charity every three point he made. Uh, if he won MVP, he would do this. And he was trying to to break the um, scoring record for an All Star game, which was fifty three. And I think he missed three or four uh, three pointers at the end, trying to, or maybe it was fifty two. He's trying to get the record yeah, fifty three, yeah. and uh, yeah. he ended up with fifty points. Yeah, <laughs> only fifty points in an All Star game. Only fifty, yeah. <laughs> uh, but man, was he? There was a there was a stretch in there in the late in the third. I mean in the First half, he had broken the record for – he'd shot – I think it was eight three-pointers in the first half. And he ended up with 16, so he got eight in the second as well. But there was a a gap there at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter where, man, I don't know how many he made, four or five in a row, and they were ridiculous shots. Uh, yeah. Nearly half court, he'd shoot it and just turn around and start walking away. It was, it was ridiculous. And look at this stat line for three-pointers. He was 16 of 27 from three. Wow, that's actually not a terrible, uh, terrible three point percentage, but sixteen of twenty seven for one game, that's uh, you know that's ridiculous. He of course he won the MVP, and on top of all that, he was able to raise one hundred and eight thousand dollars for the Cleveland Metro School District. So very wow. productive night. Um, yeah, entertaining night. I think that uh, I don't know what what else did you like about this All Star game. I, I just enjoy Steph running around and shooting threes from everywhere. It was, it was, I was like, every time he threw something up, I thought I was going in. And, you know, whenever he turns, like, shoots and turns it around, like, turns around and walks back to the other side, it's like, you know, you know, what can you do? Yeah. And he, yeah. he does that on a regular nightly basis. And, 
Yeah, you just, just get an opportunity to see if you're not in a region or, or a Golden State games aren't on national television. Mm-hmm. You get an opportunity to see, to see Steph Curry. You see the highlights all the time. Um, yeah, but, you, but a lot of times, unless your team's playing him, you don't really get to see him in action. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Yeah, that was that was probably the best. You know, like uh, Anthony Davis had the record for fifty two, but I mean, it was all you know dunks and um, you know that him running around and shooting and I don't know how many points he had within the I forgot it was like a four minute span or something like that, but um, it was incredible. I mean, Anthony Davis uh, having the records. I don't want to say it's more impressive uh, because of some of the shots we saw last night. But not doing it from three. I mean, I, I know defense is pretty lackluster, but that, that's like thinking when Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points, it was before they even had a three-point line. So it was all just layups and dunks and jump shots. Yeah. But – Yeah. I, um, I, I always say Kobe's 81 is more impressive because, you know, he was, you know, fadeaway shots and threes and dunks as well. And, you know, Wilt's, you know, 7-1 and – I don't know. Like it's that. I mean, it's all. It was a different game. Yeah. Yeah, different game. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I get both sides, but yeah. Now, now every player in the NBA is is purebred for the Mm -hmm. for the most part. I mean, especially if they if they grew up here in the U.S., they you know they're going through all these travel leagues. They're uh, they're well versed playing other you know all these other talented players, and then you're talking European players or, or international players. Uh, take Luca for example. Luca has been playing professional basketball in his country, in Slovenia or in Spain uh, since he was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So it, it's different. You you still have those superstars go through. Not to take any way thing away from Will, he's still one of the best players of all time. But he wasn't competing against uh, maybe the best players at the time. But now in in every sport, you have scouts. You have people trying to to make it work for you there there's some you know my uh older brother is is kind of grooming my uh, my nephew to play college baseball he's really good he has a chance i mean i i'm not sure they're even thinking uh professional at this point but there are resources you can do that and it's not incredibly expensive it's not crazy uh completely different you don't really have to be discovered nowadays it's very easy to be discovered uh, and be put in these situations but yeah, Kobe in an actual real NBA game playing against another professional team, uh, and it's not a meaningless game. That that's one of the most impressive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And on this All Star game, before we move on, um, I, the halftime show was pretty cool. They had the because it it's the seventy fifth uh, anniversary of the start of the NBA, and they had uh, their seventy fifth anniversary team. I guess kind of like an all time team. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this was going to happen. I was just—I had the All Star game on. I kind of laid down. It was halftime. Like, okay, I'm kind of fast forwarding because I'm a little bit behind. And I saw them announcing people, so I stopped and watched it. And you know, they started with forwards and uh, moved to centers and then guards and just announced the best players uh, of all time in in the 75 years of the NBA. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was great. Like I know they did it, um, you know, in the 90s. Um, in the you know mid '90s, whenever they did the top 50, um, yeah, not, yeah. you know they just added 25. But um, I you know it was, it was some players I thought that were left off, and some players that were on it that I was like, eh, I don't know if they're, you know, recency top. bias, probably. Yeah, like, you know, like um, like Damian Lillard. Um, yeah, you know, 
he's I don't I don't think he had a better career than you know Dwight Howard or uh, you know T Mac or you know players like that. But you know it's I guess it's recency bias and you know I mean he has it's, he has a, it's a different time. game. Everybody's I mean you're talking about uh, Russell Westbrook being all time in triple doubles yeah. and Luca's tenth all time in triple doubles in his fourth yeah. year. It's a different game. Not to take anything away, it's very impressive, but. Uh, now you're trying to get triple doubles as opposed to you know John Stockton yeah. and Jason Kidd. They they weren't necessarily trying to get double yeah. triple doubles all the time. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Russell Westbrook fan. I I do believe he's you know up there. He had you know averaged a triple double for what was it three seasons or you know something like that. So which, which that's that's impressive. You almost have to put him up there <laughs> just for that. Uh, yeah. It's one thing just to get a bunch of triple doubles against scrub teams sometimes, but to average it for a season and and again. He did that in a season where there was there wasn't anybody else on a team. He was doing everything, but still, you know, nothing to take away. There, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but there's a reason you get mm-hmm. the stats you do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I understand. But yeah, it was it was great seeing you know all those guys. Um, I think they did guards on purpose so they can announce you know Michael Jordan last. But I uh, see. I thought they were going to do Kobe last, uh, or yeah. at least at least second to last to Michael and. Uh, they did yeah. announce him late later on, but yeah, I thought he kind of sandwiched him in between a couple of people. I thought it would have been uh, would have been cool to do Michael Jordan and then Kobe, but yeah. I guess we're far enough away from that event where it's you know it's not like the next very next season. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's still pretty it's still a pretty emotional moment. His wife was there. They they showed her yeah. they showed her on camera when. Uh, when they announced it, so it and all the awards uh, are renamed. A lot of the awards are renamed after Kobe, anyway. Yeah, and I think um, you know to uh, go back to the point, the fourth quarter scoring. You know they had they had to score twenty four points. Um, mm. you know, they add okay, point that makes sense. You know, yeah, I was wondering where they got uh, one sixty three, and then I'm thinking maybe they just added it, but it was a really yeah, short yeah. quarter. Yeah, because they were uh, they were they were scoring fifty points a quarter. Each team was, and then all of a sudden you're mm-hmm. like. But yeah, I, I hadn't heard that. But no, that's yeah. cool. It was a Kobe Bryant centered uh, All Star game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I'm just gonna throw this out there. I don't really take sides in the Michael Jordan, LeBron James debate. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to make fun of both sides, and I'll take points <laughs> on both. And I'll I'll see a meme, and I'm like, hey, look at this. Both ways. I think they're mm-hmm. they're both incredible players. Uh, the games are different, and I, yeah. I don't think it yeah. does anybody justice. You know, precursing what I'm about to say, it doesn't do anybody justice to say LeBron couldn't survive then, or Jordan could, or couldn't survive. Whatever, you know, say what you want. You can say that all day long, but just same with Tom Brady. There's, you know, there's no pro- productive talk going on there. Mm-hmm. But in Cleveland, I think Cleveland's over it. He won them a championship. He got a lot of uh, loud cheers in Cleveland when they announced LeBron James compared to when they announced Michael Jordan. I think the crowd was, was twice as loud. It was at way least different. for Michael Jordan in Cleveland, who I believe, you know, I know they weren't competing back in the Jordan days, but Cleveland's a rival of Chicago. I think they're both yeah, in the, East. The, the game winning shot. You know, the one where uh, the guy Craig Elo falls on the side, like that was in Cleveland. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I said, I, I was just talking about this. I just said that like, you know, it's, it's a difference. Like it's a, it's a huge difference. You could tell like, you know, whenever they announced, you know, whenever they announced LeBron, it was it was it was a, a fairly good cheer. You know, it was more than the average person. Like whenever they announced like Dirk or something. Yeah, like you that, could but, you could you could definitely tell an uptick yeah. of everyone who they were 
yeah. uh, cheering for and you LeBron was a big name. But I'm not sure it's louder than if the All-Star game was in uh, – well, I was going to say Miami, but he, he won it in Miami. But if it was in New York or Dallas or Phoenix – uh, I think that would probably be the same cheer. They were cheering for the, the oh, definitely. Yeah, when definitely. Shaquille O'Neal came up, they cheered, even though he did play in Cleveland one year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, much louder for LeBron. So I'm not. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not, you know, saying one way or the other. But Cleveland <laughs> is LeBron's town, isn't it? Yeah, that's what they sell you. That's what they sell. Uh, and yeah, great, great weekend. Um, at least the you know one of the best in a while on All Star Weekend for the NBA. Uh, now let's move to college basketball. Okay. Yeah. Pretty. It's this is a pretty big story. I, I don't know that it's covered as much as it should be, but it may here pretty soon. At least at the time of this recording, uh, no news has necessarily dropped about Jawan Howard. Uh, what his punishment's going to be for this event? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, the other day, when Michigan was playing Wisconsin, and then Wisconsin ends up winning seventy-seven sixty-three. Uh, they're, after the game, you know, shake line, shake hands in the line. Good game, blah blah blah. Uh, Juwan Howard gets into it with Wisconsin's coach Greg Gard, yeah. and you know, words kind of exchange are annoyed. Greg Gard kind of grabs him and you know, try to hold them there. Uh, big pile ensues. Everyone's kind of pushing or whatever. And, you know, if 20, 30 seconds later, I don't know. It wasn't right then, but. Uh, the report is he punches a Wisconsin assistant coach. I think it's more like a slap. Maybe not yeah, quite like, a slap, but yeah. it was an open-handed punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, in the in the Michigan's loss to the Badgers, uh, it was cr- directly after the game. And there, there's a lot, you know, of stuff going on in that game. It's very frustrating. Uh, Michigan's down by 14, 15, 16 points. And Wisconsin's already put their, you know, bench warmers in. They've already put their walk-on players in. And Michigan's still uh, f- doing a full-court press. And then at some point, Wisconsin calls a timeout, which is kind of, you know, call it unwritten rules against coach co- coaching code. You, you're you calling a timeout. You're up by 14 points. And that's really what, right. what uh, Juwan Howard was a little upset about, although he was, you know, when when the winning team put the team that's winning by a lot puts in their backup players, you kind of get it. Okay, this is what we're doing. It's over. Uh, very, a lot of frustrate frustration going on. Yes, Greg uh, guard grabbed Juwan Howard, uh, but then you know ends up taking a swing at one of the assistant coaches. All this going on, sh- what should happen to Juwan Howard? Should he be fired? Should he be uh, suspended? What what do you think should happen to him? Nah, I don't think he should be fired. Um... He's done a good job this year. Uh, probably just a suspension. Probably, you know, a few games, maybe three or four games. Um, I don't think anything too crazy. I was like, you know, him losing his job. I, I think that'll be way too far. Um, it was it was weird though. I, I listened to the Wisconsin coaches, um, um, like his take on it. He was saying um, they only had four seconds to cross the uh, cross half court. And he didn't mm-hmm. want to put um, his young players in that position. He wanted to get a, a, a full 10 seconds yeah. for them to cross. And so I was like, okay, I mean, I get it. But, you know, they're also Division One basketball players. Um, you know, they if you know if that happens, it, it happens. But um, I think Jawan Howard was just <laughs> upset that they were, they were just getting getting handed to him all, all day. So 
Um, and it just kind of, you know, th that was just the icing on the cake. It just boiled over from there. But uh, to lose his job over that, I don't think so. Probably just, you know, a suspension, maybe a fine if they – I'm sure they fine coaches in, in college for uh, basketball, but um, something like that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that he'd be fired either. I mean, I really don't think he's going to be fired because of his status at Michigan. Uh, yeah, he's a legend exactly. there. Yeah. Uh, you firing him kind of puts that up in jeopardy uh, mm -hmm. for this. You know, suspend him, let him play out. You know, he's he's. I think he's been an okay coach. He's been good this year, but overall, I mean, he's only been there three years. But yeah. uh, overall, let it let it play out. I mean, they just signed in just a couple months ago, a few months ago in November, they signed a five year extension through twenty twenty six. But either way, yeah. let it play out. Uh, you know. If he's a great coach, good, it works out. If he's not, you know, you can fire him then uh, later on, and then you still welcome him back to the school as former player, former coach. Uh, mm -hmm. But you kind of close that door if you fire him over this this incident. Oh, definitely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely suspension. There's only a couple of games left in the season. I, I can see him suspending him for those games and maybe the Big yeah, Ten the rest tournament. Of the season. Yeah, yeah, maybe the Big Ten tournament and maybe even the – you know, if they really want to make an example because it, it really is ridiculous. I You know, both – if you want to go unwritten rules wise, which I, I tend to say, quit quit being petty, but you know <laughs> yeah. you have your but but both coaches were guilty of this because he was, you know, doing a full court press trying to get back in the game after the coach had already put his backups in, and then they mm -hmm. called timeout. I understand why it was kind of like hey a nod back like okay fine you're gonna do it I'm gonna be you know be a jerk exactly. about it, um, but what, what really escalated is he just wanted to go you know do your little handshake and walk off and. Maybe Greg Gard wanted to explain himself, so he kind of grabbed his arm, stopped him, wanted to talk to him, which, mm -hmm. you know, people are being dramatic about it. You put your hands on him, like, yeah, I get it. I, I've i only been in one fight in my life, and it was really ridiculous. <laughs> I was pressured into it. Both of us were right. the, the two guys that – me and the other guy that fought uh, in high school. We were pressured by our peers, like, we really didn't want to fight. Exactly. Uh, uh, I call – I've been called uh, weak-minded because I don't fight, and I, I, put, I turn around on them. I'm like, no, you're weak-minded because you can't handle your regression. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. one to get road rage or this. I can get upset. You, you can talk to my wife about that. But I don't care. Unless the altercation involves me having to protect myself or my family, I'm, it's never going to get physical. I don't care what you do. Yeah. Uh, and, and he did come out and said he was trying to protect himself. But when you look at the thing, yeah, he put his hands on him. And then there was some pushing back and forth. But it was like 30 or 40 seconds later before he even swung. And he didn't even hit him. He hit the assistant coach. So yeah, I, I think yeah, he was arguing with the assistant coach, I believe. Wait, no, he was arguing with the head coach and then hit the assistant coach, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I okay. don't know if he meant to hit the assistant coach. He just kind of swung. Yeah. Um, okay. But you know, it's it's one of those things I can see when you're like, no, this is ridiculous. We you know we need to be uh, holding our coaches accountable, and I completely agree with that. They are put in charge of these players. And they're they're kind of guiding him, teaching him, and especially especially in basketball, this may be the last level that uh, college basketball players get real get real coaching and teaching because it's a joke in the NBA, uh, especially yeah, when you happen. when you're a superstar. You're you run that team. The mm -hmm. coach doesn't mean it. LeBron can have his coach fired in a second. Um, in fact, LeBron may be out of uh, Los Angeles pretty soon because he's upset with management. And there's mm -hmm. there's talks about Zion Williamson trying to force himself out. And it's 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 not that 
uncommon or that difficult for players to get out when you're a superstar or when you're really good. And NBA has its structure where their players have a lot of control. So you need to, to hold college coaches accountable mm-hmm. uh, a little more because of, because of their power. They, they're molding young minds. And how many players on the Michigan team is going to end up in the NBA? Yeah, off the top of my head, I'm not even sure. Maybe one or two. I have no. Maybe one. But on most teams, if you're not Kentucky or Duke, you know you're talking about four or five tops. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand what kind of message. Yes, his goal is to win basketball games, but his his ultimate goal is to get these players onto the next level, whether it's the NBA or whether it's graduating and getting them um, onto a better career. And when you're in athletics, when you're in a situation where you have a coach and you're learning discipline and teamwork and this, you can't have your boss going around, you know, throwing punches. They have to do something. Like, I don't know that it should be firing him and they obviously will do something. They're just going to let this go. But this is obviously a big deal. And, um, Juwan Howard kind of has the, you know, the punk mindset. I think I, you know, you saw a lot of it in college. And some in the NBA, he he does lose his temper sometimes, mm-hmm. and and to be at that level in sports, I say it all the time. To be at that level, you kind of have to have that aggression, that mindset, to really be in that you know to to constantly be competing at a top level. Uh, so sometimes I tend to give them passes when you know when players get upset and you call them crybabies. I'm like, well, they, look at the situation. Half these people couldn't right. handle that situation in that mindset. Yeah, they're getting paid millions of dollars, but that that pressure I'm not saying give him a pass, but you have to understand that. And, uh, and Juwan Howard has, you know, has shown that he has that reputation, but, uh, yeah, I don't think he will be fired, especially status at Michigan. And, you know, I, at minimum be, be suspended till the end of the big 10 tournament. Yeah. I think that's probably what they would do. Hopefully I, I just don't see it as a fireable offense. He just, Looked like it was just a moment he lost his cool, and you know, I, you know, hopefully they'll just handle it. Uh, I think they'll probably, you know, drop the hammer a little bit and, you know, do it until the end of the Big Ten tournament. But um, yeah, that's probably that's probably it. Yeah, and, and again, I don't, you know, I never condone physical violence. It's one thing if you get in an argument. Okay, it's tensions are high. You know, I, you know, I love sports. I watch my teams and. I try not to let it affect my life just as a fan, but you know, when, when the Cowboys lose or my team, my college team Duke loses, uh, my wife can, can tell you that uh, my mood changes. I try not to let it affect it, but I'm a little more short with people. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not to this extent. I'd never hit anybody over it, but, uh, you know, I completely understand, uh, the frustration, but you know, when you start taking physical violence, yeah, it's entertaining. Uh, you know, for fans to watch, you got to see, you know, talking about the malice in the palace between mm-hmm. the Pacers and, and, and the Pistons. I actually saw that when I was watching that game. That's kind of cool to, you know, to think about that. But then you're like, well, fans got involved. It, it's scary when, when these monsters, these giant people, NBA players are in the stands and you're just, a, you know, you're just a fan, whether you uh, initiated or not. It, it can get scary and you're like, okay, we have to take a step back and, and, and it makes for good uh, podcasting and radio. You know, we're talking about it now. It's good content, but uh, obviously you can't condone this. Nobody can. And, and I expect Michigan uh, to bring the hammer down hard because if they don't, NCAA might get involved. 
Yeah. I and then they may be involved anyways. Yeah, I definitely agree. And moving from college basketball over to college football, it was announced this week to a lot of disappointing, disappointed people and fans of college football that the current four-team format will remain until 2026. There was a proposal for a 12-team format to expand the college football playoff and add more teams. And I know we talked about in another episode uh, about how what about what we thought we would like to see in a college football playoff, what it would look like, and it definitely wasn't staying at four teams. Yeah, I wanted them to at least push it to. I I said six and give the top two seeds a bye, but um, you know it, it's it's tough that they're staying at four because there are a lot of teams that you know from five through eight that could you know make a run for it, at least win one game in the in the tournament and um you know it's just it's tough and i guess you just got to play harder i i was thinking like maybe like they should do if you just if you lose two games you're just automatically out of the running you know like something like that but um like you just you just never know it, it is tough though i i, I wanted to at least expand it, at least expand it a, a little bit but we'll just have to wait yeah and when people talk about wanting to expand that format, you want the Cinderella stories mm-hmm, and right. make no joke about it. We are all glad Cincinnati got in. I thought they were going to leave them out for sure. Just because of the, the media draw the, the ratings that they weren't going to bring as compared to if they would have had uh, Oklahoma or Ohio state in there. Yeah. But make no mistake. Anybody that's, you know, outside of fans of being Cincinnati, nobody wanted Cincinnati in the, in the championship. No one. You yeah. wanted you wanted a an Alabama Michigan or Alabama Georgia championship mm-hmm. game. You wanted the entertaining game, and you know compare it to college basketball. Everybody likes the Cinderella stories. You know George Mason, Wichita State, but you tell me when it was Duke and Butler in the Final Four. People don't want, they want to see Duke Kentucky. They want to see uh, Indiana Michigan. You know these big prominent yeah. schools. You you don't you want Syracuse you UConn you want these big schools because it makes for entertaining games, and it's fun in college basketball because there's so many different rounds, there's so many different teams. It's fun. Hey, the one seed lost. Uh, the you know it's uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. The more twelve seeds made it into the Sweet Sixteen than ever before, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's fun. But then when you get to the Final Four, you're like, okay, I can handle one. I guess I can handle one Cinderella story team there if they're a really good team. Uh, but you always want the championship team. So it's not necessary. I think most people don't want to switch it to six, eight, 12 teams just so you can watch Coastal Carolina make a shot because they actually have a chance or Boise yeah. State. I, I think they just want the chaos like college basketball has. Well, yeah. It, it's a little different because I think you're, you're more likely. I say more likely, but it's it's not as odd for a college team to upset another college team as as opposed to football. Uh, yeah, that's. I was just thinking that like it's it's um, football is different. You know, for the most part, the better team wins. But in basketball, you can. I mean, you can go out there, you can have the better team, 
where you can you, you know you can miss shots or you know just a bad like a bad matchup where yeah a bad you, know, you, they, you have a really good three point zone, shooting yeah. team yeah they have a you really good you're playing a really good three point shooting team and you're a zone team and you know it's it's um it's yeah. definitely easy I feel like it's I don't want to say easier but I mean it's I guess it is it is easier to knock off a a big time team in in college basketball because it's you know it's also less variables um it's you know five on five instead of opposed to you having to yeah one player can take over the game yeah one player can take over the game yeah yeah that's why you have you have opportunities for um i know providence right now is ranked really high although you know that you know providence isn't isn't a schmuck team they've you know they have history but it's it's not difficult if you can just land that one really good player that that player can take can carry you can can mm-hmm. carry you further than your team you know maybe not to national championship but uh you know take lebron james in his prime putting him on any team absolutely any team that team probably makes the playoffs at minimum yeah. makes the playoffs uh, it, it's a lot more difficult and i'll give you another another variable you talk about college football uh, i don't know what it is right now i guess just add revenue uh, money being involved in commercials and breaks a college football game lasts four hours. Mm-hmm. They'll take media timeouts and you know, you don't think much of it at home because you're just watching commercials, but then I'm imagining, man, how long have they just been sitting here? They call the timeout and they just go stand around. That was more than, you know, one, two minutes. And so you have a lot, you have a lot of time. You can't, you, you take the underdog and they can get into, uh, get into the rhythm, get the momentum and they could really, really take it away from the good teams. Where okay, you're going to stop and take a big, you know, a big extended media break, media timeout. More often than not, that team, the better team, especially Alabama, you know, the big schools, Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, teams with really good players that should win because they're the better team, are going to figure it out. It's oh, not as fast paced. You slow it down a whole lot more. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. It, football, you forty seconds. Do they have forty seconds? I think it's forty seconds in, in college football now. For uh, same as NFL, forty seconds between each play. They can slow things down if they want. College basketball, you you don't necessarily have that. You can slow you slow things down. You have a thirty second shot clock, but the defense can come and do something. They can try to steal the ball. They can do things, as opposed to football. You know they just have to wait for the ball to be snapped. And when the ball is snapped, you have all the time in the world to do what you want. Uh, you know you you kill that 30 seconds on offense and basketball you, know, you have to make a shot you know, you have to shoot it shot clock's going down so you have less of a chance when you're you know gonzaga losing to i don't know jackson state or duke just a few years right. ago losing in the first round uh you know everybody has a plan to get punched in the face and when you you're one of these big colleges you have half time and then a handful of timeouts the game goes and, and i get they have media timeouts as well but but look, look at your guide on uh, your TV guide when you're you're on and you watch a college football game. How much time they have chalked out for it, and a college basketball game. It's two hours compared to, hours to usually before, it's th- yeah. usually it's three and a half hours yeah. uh, blocked out, but it always goes over, always. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times the the guide doesn't even change if it's still on. They're going to leave it saying that, mm-hmm. and it's you know you know think about it. You know, forty minutes of playtime compared to sixty, but you have double the time. 
there's a there's a lot of big differences. I didn't mean to go that into it just on college, you know, college football. Uh, I'm for expanding the playoffs. I think you know eight to twelve teams would be great, uh, especially if you had uh, automatic bids for the Power Five conferences, which which is it's kind of weird because that's a a relative term we use power five, but it really doesn't mean anything except these are the five best college conferences, college football conferences. Um, right. You know, college basketball, they have an at large or they have a uh, automatic bid for every conference in division one. And, and then you have how many ever at large conferences. I think it would be great. Just, I don't care if, if Northwestern just has a good year, they have a few losses, but they go up against undefeated Ohio state in the big 10 championship and somehow beat them. Why not let Northwestern in? You know, right. if Ohio State's that good, okay, throw them in as a at large bid. You have eight teams or even twelve. You have more, you know, bye weeks and everything. But you don't have your Power Five. And then if there are th- more than there are not more than three teams that can that should compete for national championship if they can't even win their own conference. Now I understand weird things happen, but if your argument is well, you can't have the best teams in there, like. You can. There's not going to be more than, like I said, there's not going to be more than three teams that don't win their conference that are probably top five, ten, top five teams. Because if if you're that worried about it, you know, just win your conference. If you're the best team in the country, if you want to win the national championship, if you want to make it to the playoff, win your conference and do it. If not, if you're yeah. that great of a team, you'll get it in a, as an at-large bid. And then you have, and then you have one of those throwaway spots where you can throw Coastal Carolina in there. Throw Boise State in there. Throw, who was it this year? Vanderbilt, not Van. Was it Vanderbilt? Purdue, Vanderbilt, uh, Wake Forest. One Wake Forest. I, I know it was Forest. a black and gold team. I get all those teams. I, yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah. black and gold. It was Wake Forest. Yeah. Wake Forest. Uh, throw the team in there and see what happens. Throw uh, U- UTSA may have been a stretch, but throw UTSA in there. Why right. not? Yeah, the, there's probably going to be a blowout, but that's okay. If you have four teams, you almost have to put the four best teams or four great teams. I understand when they don't want to let Cincinnati get in there. You only have two semifinal games, and you have to get the ratings. But you know, stretch it, stretch it out. There's absolutely no reason you have time now. No, obviously, some people are saying make it 28 teams or how many ever. Well, then you are actually talking about extending the football season, taking kids out of class. You're talking about. Uh, you have a month anyways of kids not doing anything. Make some of these bowl games more meaningful, which is an issue right now. Too many meaningless bowl games. Mm-hmm. And just extend it to six teams, eight. Add one extra week to it. Add two extra weeks to it. And yeah. then you can have a lot more meaningful football. Yeah, I agree. Sorry about that I, rant. <laughs> oh, no, nah, you're good. I, I was just listening, and I was like, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I Just um, basically – you know, like you said, just win the conference and, and have the at-large bid. That's, that's perfect. That's, you know, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, and then, I mean, because flip the argument on its head. You have five power conferences but four spots. Now, we can all agree that most years when you have TCU and Baylor, both top ten teams trying to get in and they get left out for Ohio. I think it was Ohio State that year. Like, well, of course they're going to get left out. I don't care how good they are. It's Baylor, TCU, and Ohio State who has the bigger draw. So you're going to have Power 5 conferences sometimes, multiple Power 5 conferences, just like this past year, not get a team in. And, you know, rightfully so. I mean, the ACC didn't, you know, they didn't have a team that 
you have Clemson going in every year, but they didn't have a team that probably deserved to be in. But, you know, just, just throw a curveball that, you know, we're, we all have uh, great coaches. You tell me if Alabama has an off year, let's say they lose three games next year, you throw them in the college football playoff, they won't have a chance because Nick Saban's the coach. Yeah, if they win their conference and they're a suitable team, why you know why not? It, you have some fun with it. You don't always have to have uh, Coastal Carolina in there or you know whatever team. That's every you know four or five years you have one of these ridiculous runs by a team. Most of the time, it's going to be Notre Dame. They have two losses or one loss or whatever. You can throw Notre Dame in there because you have an extra spot. For the most yeah. part, that's the argument, and we'd all be fine if Notre Dame. Uh, gets in, they have a few losses, and they end up upsetting Alabama. Nobody's going to complain that oh, Notre Dame made it to the to the uh, college football championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, you know the off years that you have a real Cinderella story. Hey, you know Bo- Boise State's a big name now. It took a few yeah. years, but you never know. Yeah, I think um, it was it wasn't too many Cinderellas, and I. I, I think about the college playoff and I'm like, man, like, you know, it, it's good to have those teams in there, but it's almost like, you know, they run into a buzzsaw, you know, Georgia or Alabama. So, but a lot of those teams can't compete. So it's just, you no, know, it's just about finding the, I guess, you know, they have to get behind closed doors and, and, uh, you know, come up with some sort of plan because I know they, I know they see, you know, Cincinnati, not really, I mean, they, they competed for a little they made it kind of a good game kind of but not really yeah the score um, the game wasn't yeah. near as close as the final score was yeah right it was it was they alabama had it in hand and that's how it's always been as far as like those those type of games so you know i guess they'll just you know well four years from now hopefully they'll figure it out in four years yeah and you can't compare it to college basketball, like I said earlier. So I, I don't think anybody's ever going to be happy. They're always going to have their uh, controversial take on it. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. And it, it's pretty interesting how I lined up all these uh, all these subjects and the transitions. We go from pro basketball to college basketball to college football back to pro football. So this is, I think, is really good news for the XFL because I'm, I'm surprised they're still, you know, with COVID, they're missing their season. You're thinking, okay, well, that's it. That's that's how it ends. The AF, AAFL went that way. We'll see how the USFL goes. But the XFL, who early on did not want to be a developmental league, minor league system of the NFL, but they they announced today that they uh, are collaborating with the NFL, however you want to look at it. They're not officially a developmental type league, but they're sort of acting as one uh, because they're collaborating with the NFL to uh, advance the game of football with uh, different league rules or testing out different league rules. uh, Some for player protection as like we saw with the XFL and their kickoffs where you couldn't just go run down the field. The ball had to cross a certain and that may have been the AAFL, one of the one of those leagues that year, when they, they had to wait for on kickoffs for the ball, I think, to cross the twenty before they can go down. So you're not having full speed players running at each other, and you know, right? That, that yeah, helps. that was yeah. the XFL did that. For, I think I know for sure the XFL did it. Oh no, the XFL did it where um, 
the blockers are 10 yards in front of the yeah that, that's the right yeah you're closer to each other so you know less built yeah. up speed uh, yeah. uh player protection and they're also trying to do it for uh enhanced play along with different technologies and advanced officiating which uh i there's not specifics on it but something like and don't you know this is how rumors get started so don't take you know this is just my you know opinion just giving an example when we were talking about putting a chip in the ball to try to figure out when it's past the goal line, when it's out of bounds, things like that. That's right. sort of what it looks like. Different technologies to help out officiating and other ways to enhance gameplay. Uh, you know, minor leagues, uh, I don't remember the exact minor league, the minor league system league. Uh, I think it was the Carolina league, but this year they're, they have a robot umpire, robot umpire. Which is really confusing when you say robot. It's really using technology we already have, where when you watch a Major League Baseball game, you see where the ball is, and it says unofficial. And you're like, oh, that, that should have been a strike, or that should have been called a ball, whatever. They're using that technology as the call for, you know, maybe a little more advanced than they're using. But basically, that's what they're doing uh, to call balls and strikes. And the umpire, it's just going to radio to him whether it was a ball or strike, and he's going to make the call. So that's sort of what this is. Uh, like they're going to test out new rules, see how it works, see how the how uh, the public reacts to it. And that's how you would, I guess, implement it into the NFL. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited about it. Um, I feel like the NFL should have already had like some sort of like feeder league. I think that they, they've tried it before with like NFL Europe and the AAF even. Uh, was... Yeah, the, the AAFL wanted to be yeah, yeah. affiliated that's yeah. what their goal was the xfl said no yeah uh, but in this scenario you're developmentally regardless because you have players who their goal is to go to the nfl you have players right. who didn't get drafted you have ex-nfl players who aren't quite that you know whether, whether they're johnny manzel out there who ended up not making it in any of these leagues mm-hmm. but that's what it is and if you have a, a player who has a really good year Chances are you're going to lose him to the NFL because the, the NFL, one of the NFL teams, are going to throw a contract at him. Right. And uh, outside of doing what the AFL did back in the AFL NFL days in the '60s, was have your own draft and draft college players, and then hopefully, you know, hope those college players will come to the XFL instead and compete against the NFL. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. But this is good news for the XFL because I don't know financially or monetarily what, you know, what's happening with the NFL uh, giving them for, you know, doing this sort of thing. But this this makes them valuable to the NFL. So the NFL will make sure they stay around, make sure, you know, I don't, I don't know their financial situation, how many, <laughs> you know, if they are struggling from or will be struggling from year to year. But, having the NFL uh, assure that they'll be here from year to year, assuming they aren't losing a bunch of money to do these little tests are great. And, you know, I think they should get affiliated with the NFL. They don't want to be looked at as a minor league system, but if the NFL is already starting to call the shots a little bit, you might as well, you have your security and then you can have teams, uh, you know, be linked to certain NFL teams where they can throw, players back and forth in between rather than have your players sit on practice squad why not have them in real games in real games giving them uh, real reps yep i agree yeah say what you want the xfl wants to try to compete with the nfl but as the old usfl has showed us the aafl the 
you know, Arena Football League is still around. Indoor Football League is still around. Uh, it's better to not try to compete against the NFL, as I guess the fan-controlled football league is doing. They're just doing their own thing. Yeah. Which is which is sort of working. Uh, and you'll be there, Chris. Chris being our on-air uh, pro football player with, uh, uh, yeah, being on the fan-controlled football league. But uh, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Ashton here with Chris, and we will see you next time. All right, see you guys.